0: Today on Locked On Canadians, Ben Sherat raises his own trade value, a wild game in Calgary, and our Friday mailbag.
1: You're Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey folks, and welcome to episode 565 of your first listen of the day. We're locked on Canadians. My name is Laura Sava, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm joined as always by Scott Matla of Habs Eyes on the Prize. Scott, while game in Calgary. The Canadians did rebound from that game against Winnipeg.
1: It was, it was the perfect trade value boosting game for a few players on the Canadians. Mike Hoffman had a four-point night somehow despite the fact I didn't think he did anything besides score a goal Ben two goals including the overtime winner at Kyle Dubas you know you should pay attention to that (laughs) and just across the board it was a great fun hockey game to watch the Canadians played well at five on five their special teams remain a little bit of a poop show but One small miracle at a time. Martin Saint Louis is a team playing winnable or watchable hockey, and Andrew Hammond is still undefeated as a Montreal Canadian, which is just—it's 2022, and that—and that's what we're talking about right now. So it's a—it was a pretty fun night all the way across the board. It makes staying up until 12:30 in the morning to watch uh, uh, enjoyable, at least.
0: So let's talk about, well, let's get a bad thing out of the way real quick. Jake Evans, another hit to the head. You know, on this podcast, we love Jake Evans. We love his play, but this is more important than that. We're worried about his long-term health. He's taken three hits to the noggin in the last year, uh, and he has a history of concussions. We really, really, really hope that he's okay whether or not he comes back to play we just want him to be healthy Um, so we're wishing him the best and that is the bad thing to get out of the way and then there's a string of good things as you said Mike Hoffman has increased his trade value Um, like you called him an empty calories kind of player sometimes that's definitely it but you know what a contending team needs an empty calories kind of player for secondary scoring so I'm not going to say that this was a bad game he didn't look like he played very well but he scored he's got four points so you know if, if your team scouts Weren't at the Saddle Dome tonight. Like maybe you're going to call Mark Bergevin. I highly encourage that to happen. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Alexander Romanov.
1: I have a question. Uh, I don't think they should call Mark Bergevin because he he's working in LA oh, right now. Oh my
0: god! <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Oh, it is late. late. It is it late. Is I. Late. It's late. I will give you a that.
1: pass on that.
0: Uh... <laughs> And for a peek behind the curtain, this is take two of our recording. So we've already talked a lot. So I'm kind of like going on autopilot right now. Uh, All right. So don't call Mark Bergevin, call Kent Hughes if you want an empty calories player for secondary scoring in Mike Hoffman. Uh, Alexander Romanov struggled a little bit. That Ben Chirot-Romanov pairing did not do wonders for Romanov, although it did wonders for Ben Chirot. We'll talk about that in just one second. Uh, Jeff (laughs) Petrie had a very rough, rough 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 uh start to the game with that manjapani goal um and uh then he rebounded and he played a much better game for the rest of the time and so i think that we should draw attention to that a little bit because the jeff petrie of a few weeks ago would have done that and then spiraled into uh an in-game self-loathing kind of uh like well of of suckiness um and he didn't do that he bounced back he scored a goal And then he played a solid rest of the game. So that's a very big positive. Another thing that, uh, you know, we should talk about is Cole Caulfield got an assist. Obviously, you can't uh, can't discount the improvement that he's seen. And also, uh, I did uh, retweet this on our Twitter account. But for those of you who uh, don't have Twitter, you can go to Sportsnet. On the website, uh, Shayna Goldman did a wonderful article on Cole Caulfield that we encourage everybody to read. It'll just give you good feelings. Uh, We love Shana on this podcast, as you know, uh, and uh, the writing's great. Her writing's great and and the article's great. So check that out. Uh, Martin St. Louis said that uh, after the game, he said that he thinks that the team is finally learning that you're never really out of a game. So I want to talk about that a little bit as well, because what ended up happening was if you look at the underlying numbers for the first two periods, the Canadians were good. They were good. There's no denying that. We've looked at multiple websites, multiple metrics. The Canadians were good in the first two periods. Now, Calgary took it to them in the third. And they were dominant in the third, but none of their shots or chances went in. So the Canadians got a little bit of luck on that front. Uh, we ended up with a tied game overtime in which, obviously, Ben Sherrod did some heroics uh, at Kyle Dubas. Please pay attention to that. <laughs> um, but I also, also want to talk about what a strong game Nick Suzuki had. Uh, Scott, we haven't praised Nick Suzuki in a few nights. Shall we do that right now?
1: He he's, he's on a heater again. And this was one of those games where Nick Suzuki took over the game for a good chunk of it. And, uh, this is a direct quote from Ben Sherratt on Nick Suzuki. That's a big time game. And now that he's played in the playoffs in big games, he shows up and that's probably my favorite thing about him. He's a gamer and he shows up in big moments and that's hard to find, especially in elite players. And my first thought with this is that's a slightly veiled shot across the bow of his future teammates on the Toronto Maple Leafs, I think, because <laughs> in that series, people who showed up were in that Habs Leafs series, people who showed up were Nick Suzuki and Corey Perry and Tyler Toffoli and Josh Anderson and Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner did not And it's going to be a real awkward introduction next week when they get there, but (laughs) he's not wrong. Nick Suzuki always seems to up his level when challenged. He did it in the OHL and he's been doing it at the NHL. He did it in the bubble season against Pittsburgh. He did it in that run to the Stanley cup final. He's doing it this year, even with the team being pretty garbage for most of the year, Nick Suzuki has been Nick Suzuki and I, I look forward to an entire season with Martin St. Louis as his coach because what what would his season look like now if he wasn't if he was one of those guys who didn't have, you know, a quarter of a season wasted in just poor coaching and decision making and everything else? Like Nick Suzuki so damn good at hockey, and it makes me so so extremely happy to know he's here long term. If that was Mark Berge, if it was one of Mark Bergevin's last moves as GM. It's potentially one of his best to get him locked up long term before this offseason. season.
0: I absolutely agree with you. And one more thing that we will say, actually, so like an overall thing about the game that I wanted to say was that the Canadians rebounded really well from their disappointment against Winnipeg. We talked after the Winnipeg game about how the Canadians at even strength were good in that game, but it was special teams that sunk them. Now, special teams still needs improvement, definitely, and that's definitely something that the Canadians are going to have to work on. It's not something new to the Canadians. It's not something that we haven't been saying over and over again for the past few years. So hopefully Martin St-Louis can do something with that. But I really liked how they stepped up to the challenge Calgary is currently the hottest team in the NHL. They might not be number one in the league in the standings or whatever, but they are one of the hottest teams I, I, I think they're the hottest teams. they're like ever they're firing on all cylinders. And what did the Canadians do? They stepped up to the challenge they didn't shy away. they played really well now I'm not going to say that they're an elite team all of a sudden nothing like that but they played well against a team that was good. And finally the last thing that I want to say is that, Kyle Dubas, let's talk for a minute. Ben
1: Chirot, <laughs> let's just talk. Just, just, bring, it just, just, just bring, bring it in. Just bring it in, buddy. Yeah. Look at how yes. handsome he is. And look at the goal. He has more goals than any of your other defensemen do right now. <laughs> like, just, just yeah. bring it in here. The,
0: the, yes, absolutely. This is true. That is an objective fact. Uh, But also he wore a letter tonight, you know, so leadership with a capital L Uh, also he scored two goals. (laughs) One of them was a game winner. He had an assist. Like he had a phenomenal game. And now every year, you know, you're a smart GM that looks at the underlying numbers. You do the math. You're you're very, you make smart decisions, but then every year the old school hockey people pressure you into making an old school hockey decision. And I just want to say, that this year it should be Ben Sherratt. Make Ben Sherratt your bad decision of 2022. That's all I want to say. I think for you, it would be a great decision. As for our listeners what is a great decision? It is trying Built Bar. If you've listened to this podcast at all at any time, if you've listened to any of the Locked On podcasts at all at any time, you will know that Built Bar is one of our favorite sponsors. It is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It is a treat, but it is high in protein, low in sugar, always made with real chocolate, And it is yummy. It's delicious. That's all I can say. They have 18 delicious flavors that are the regular rotation. And then they come up with these special edition flavors that are really cool, like Built Puffs, for example, a protein filled marshmallow. Like it's so good. They've got like amazing. They had a Ruby chocolate special edition flavor that I absolutely loved. And I use them for breakfast because, you know, I wake up and then I don't feel like eating. But you need to be, you know, you need your energy. You need to be satisfied in the morning. You need to be satiated. And I use the Built Bar for that. Scott takes them along on his hikes that's what they're really meant for is to give you energy for your workout but sometimes you just need to pick me up in the afternoon too and if you want to try any of these bars that are high in protein low in sugar made with real chocolate and low in calorie you can go to built.com and enter promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order that is built.com enter LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. All right. Now we've sold Kyle Dubas on Ben Sherat And we're happy with the Canadians response after that Winnipeg game. Now we've got some business to attend to. And that is our weekly Friday mailbag. If you ever want to email us questions, you can email us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. And if you ever want to tweet us questions, we're at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. You can also tweet us at our respective Uh, personal Twitter accounts at the active stick or at Scott Matliff. Scott, what do we have in the mailbag this week?
1: Uh, Well, the first question comes from uh, the emails that uh, you sent to me. So, and this is actually a rocket based question. So not to steal your hosting thunder here, but (laughs) I, I will go and jump into this and it says, hi, how have Josh Brooke and Joel Teasdale looked since returning from their knee injuries? Depending on moves at the trade deadline, do you think they'll have a shot to play a game for the Habs this year? Do they need the rest of the season in the AHL to get back back on track after injuries have made them miss so much time? Cheers, TC and BC. And my first thought is, Brooke has had good moments, but he looks like a guy who's getting back up to speed. And it's just been such awful luck for him that a lot of his development time has been spent injured. And the same goes for Joel Teasdale. Teasdale's a—he's got that power forward type body, and he's not always gonna wow you. But when he gets hot, he gets going. And he was part of that line the previous year with Ryan Paling and Joe Blandizi. That was really, really strong for the Rocket. He's been kind of bounced around the lineup this year as uh, Jean Francois Houle uh, tries to figure out what he's looking for. And I don't think either will see games at least in the imminent future because I think they want to leave as much of the rocket intact as they can since they're pushing for the playoffs. Uh, I think camp next year will be a big thing for both of them, assuming they're both uh, brought back on NHL deals. It's too early to say in terms for Brooke, and then Teasdale's been just all right. There's a little bit of time uh, and growth left uh, in his game still. He, he's missed a lot of time with really, really bad knee injuries, and that's absolutely no fault of his.
0: And I think there was another question right in that uh, email
1: uh, ch- um, no that was the one just how they looked and, that was uh, the one the, yes that was the one
0: I am misremembering
1: <laughs> we get a lot of questions it's understandable don't it, it happens to the best of us it's but o'clock in the morning here so uh, I'll launch right in the next one uh, from Beth from the happy hour would Ben Sherat for Ryan Suzuki be a good trade for for the Habs?
0: I think Ben Sherat for pretty much anybody would be a good trade for the Habs. Um, you know, he's he's a handsome defensive defenseman, and the Canadians don't really need any defensive defensemen right now. They need picks. They need prospects. Ryan Suzuki is a prospect, a very promising prospect. And uh, Beth brought that up because also um, there, I think it was Renault Lavoie, uh, that was talking about how Kotkaniemi's not getting along very well with, um, with uh, Rob... Rod Brindamore. I wanted to call him Rod the Bot, and I called him Rob. Uh, Rod Brindamore. It's, it's, it's apparently not going very well in Carolina. I don't know how how accurate that is, because I truly have not been paying attention to the Hurricanes. Um, and uh, we all kind of knew that, you know, signing such a lucrative contract puts you in, in the hot seat, puts a lot of pressure on yourself. So I don't know what's going on. I, I don't want to, like, rehash that whole thing all over again. But I will say that bringing up that, that Carolina thing, like definitely, definitely Ryan Suzuki uh, should be an option.
1: I, I love the idea of that, by the way, because we could have all the Pitlicks. We can have all the Suzuki's and maybe the Habs will sign Brock Caulfield to an AHL contract. And we can have all the Caulfields, too. And we're just going to have this family, this family affair in Montreal and make that a thing now. I think that'd be fun. Um, and then
0: and then get the Kachucks.
1: You're going to have to sell me on Brady. Um, there's something <laughs> about his face that I'm just kind of like, I just want to <laughs> pop him right in the jaw. Jo- Matthew Kachuk, I love because he annoys people. There's something about Brady Kachuk's face that I just i just want to pop him in the mouth, even though I know he'd kick my ass. So it's like, there's just- It
0: looks, it looks like he's grinning after he beats somebody up. It, it, yeah. it looks like that's the permanent look on his face.
1: He's just such a, he has, he has that face. Um we have time for one more question, Laura.
0: We do have time for one more question in this segment.
1: Uh, and this one comes from our good friends. Uh, it just says Scorch Stack.
0: Yes, Scorch Stack. Subscribe to the Scorch Stack. <laughs> and we want to thank them, obviously, for allowing Ben Chirot to showcase his skills for Kyle Dubas in tonight's game. That loyalty, as always, will be appreciated. And it will be reciprocated. And I personally, like, I think that... You know, if you're if you haven't selected your playoff bandwagon team, I'm going for Calgary. Scott's going for Calgary. We love Scorch Stack. We love Tyler Toffoli. Um, so that's I, I I don't know. I'm just I'm just trying to sell people on Calgary right now. And the games are gone now. Nothing egregiously stupid has happened. So I'm gonna be I'm I'm gonna be um, I'm gonna be cheering for Calgary. And uh, as always, you should always subscribe. To scorch stack. And another thing you should be checking out is Bet Online. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your betonline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to every other sports coverage and information that you could possibly need. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Scott, it is the third segment. It is all mailback questions. What else have we got?
1: Uh, From our friend Goldie Droid, how do you fix the Habs power play? Right now, only Suzuki 5, Gallagher 3, and Hoffman 3 have multiple goals on the power play. You can either say what you would do as a power play coach or who you would want as the Habs power play coach, though. So...
0: I've been struggling with this because I'm trying to think about when the last time I had faith in the Canadians' power play was. Um, and I feel like it was when P.K. Subban was on the team. P.K. Subban, uh, Max Pacioretty. And I think that the key, <laughs> for me, the key, and, and I'm sure Martin St-Louis has this in his mind. I'm sure it's something that he's, is, is coming up. But the key is, you can't just have... Like a guy at the point. I think everybody on the power play needs to keep the opponents guessing. Like you have a man advantage for a reason. And there's like spontaneity and unpredictability that is missing. I think like it was a vast improvement over the previous coaching staff or uh, over the previous head coach. Like, you know, the, the new head coach. I, I know the power play coach is still the same guy, but. I think like the improvement is the personnel choices has like have vastly improved, but I think there needs to be more creativity, more spontaneity. I think it's something that is, that will be figured out. I feel like um, I don't even know if it's a fear of taking risks, but it's more like um, relying on already known skills that the opponents are probably already planning for. That's what it looks like to me. I don't know, Scott, if you would agree.
1: I do. It feels a lot like they're trying to force things a little bit. Like for as much as they've begun to play more naturally and everything at even strength, they've struggled. It looks like uh, on the power play and that they're trying to force things. And the one thing I don't get is I didn't see Jeff Petrie as a power play regular tonight. I saw Kale Clegg. I saw Chris Weidman, and I saw Ben Sherratt. And I thought that was kind of weird that that's how they how they it did that. So, I I'm not crazy about it. Um, I think it's something that will ch- that will eventually um, write itself. There's too much talent on this team for it not to. But it, it's really just like, hey guys, you know you know how to play hockey here. Settle it down a little bit, and then I think it'll happen. I think they're just trying to force too many things at once. So um, sooner or later, Caulfield's going to get on the board. Sooner or later, Anderson's going to get on the board. Gallagher will probably score some more. Petrie's been much better on the power play. I think they just need to kind of, you know, roll through, and they'll get some of those things going there. Um, Our next question uh, comes from Stefan. Stefan. Would you trade Lucic for Gallagher and retain 25% on Gallagher's contract?
0: I would absolutely not touch Lucic with a 10-foot pole. Uh, Keep Brendan Gallagher because they're both old, but one of them is useful.
1: Yeah, I I have no need for Milan Lucic on this team, and I don't think Gallagher's going to go anywhere. I think he's going to be here for at least the foreseeable future. Like, I... Even retaining on him, I, I don't like the idea of that. That's getting rid of one of those heart and soul guys. And I know he's struggled with five-on-five five goal scoring, but I still don't think he's 100% after the playoffs last year. And I think an actual full offseason will do Brendan Gallagher a lot of good, which tells me he's probably going to go play at the World Championships and continue to hamper himself. But that that's sometimes just how it is. Um, from – Nico Tremblay what type of contract do you see the Habs offering Romanov this offseason
0: I think it's going to be a bridge because I don't think he's done enough to 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 warrant more than that I don't think the Canadians are going to make a mistake and and you know have protracted RFA issues with him like uh, like they did last summer I do think it'll be a bridge it'll be a contract but they are going to rely on him more defensively. They're going to give him a, a, an increasing role over the next couple of years. So I'm seeing a two year contract um, and I'm not seeing a high dollar amount. I, I really like I feel like it's going to be just enough to keep him. It's, it's not going to be one of those things where they're going to have to promise him the moon because they'll give him a short, short con. Like it'll be two years in my mind.
1: I I I'm in similar agreement. I think they're going to offer him like two to three years and they might be at like 1.2 million or something like that. It's not going to be, had he continued, you know, to grow like we thought he was doing at the beginning of the year. And then it kind of fell off a little bit. It, and I get it. New coaches, new system, this it's been, and it's been a roller coaster of the year. And I believe it was Eric Engels who pointed out, he has friends who are in Ukraine and everything too. There's probably a lot happening right now that's going through his head. He's better than what he showed against Calgary, and he's been better than what he's shown this year. But at the same time, if you're not consistent with that, you, you don't get the big bucks. And I think a bridge deal is way more than likely here. And then they go from there and see where he's at in a couple of seasons. If he's improved, great. If not, we revisit this question again at that point in time.
0: Kim, <laughs> can, can, before we go into the next question, can I just say something? Um, Andrew Hammond uh, has a quote on what it's like as a goalie to contend with Brendan Gallagher. He says, it's irritating. He doesn't give you an inch and plays within the rules. That's the most frustrating part. He doesn't do anything cheap. He just plays hard. And every time you look up, it's him right there. Can somebody please tell the officiating this?
1: Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I adore Andrew Hammond now, which is it 2022 Canadian hockey is wild, absolutely wild. Um, from Randy Hansen, use them or not, I always have more questions like would you sign Evgeny Malkin as a UFA if he wants to come to Montreal? I would.
0: I don't think he wants to come to Montreal. Uh- I think Evgeny Malkin is one of those guys who is a generational talent that people don't even look at because there's Sidney Crosby on his team. I mean, people think of him as like, obviously an elite player, a superstar, whatever you want to call it. He's like that. But... He's always overshadowed by that. And I think he really is like, you know, we all remember when he didn't make the top 100 players in the NHL and, and uh, or in NHL history. And uh, I think he was <laughs> 101. Um, and his then girlfriend, now wife, I believe, made a huge deal about it on social media. We all remember that, right? Like he was just outside of that top 100. He is a phenomenal talent and even with his age I think he's still and and he's you know the last couple years he's had he's had injury history he's still phenomenal player I would still take him any day literally any day like if he wanted to come to Montreal but I don't think he wants to come to Montreal is the problem
1: and and it's funny is that Randy as a follow-up to that is if you want to see the Habs make a splash in the offseason who do you think they should target or would target
0: okay I just want to say something is that like we talked about Patrice Bergeron because there were rumors that the Canadians were going to chase after him. Everybody knows Kent Hughes was his agent and they have a good relationship and blah, blah, blah. Like, it was just speculation. Like, the way the reaction was from the, uh, you know, um, <laughs> New England corner uh, was, was it, 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 we were ta- it was as if we were talking like it was a done deal or something like that. And no, nobody said it was a done deal. He's somebody that I would covet. As a person who would help mold Brendan, um, not Brendan Gallagher, Nick Suzuki and, and uh, Cole Caulfield. Like, that's the kind of person I would want mentoring them and being their person. And that's not to say that I think that the Canadians are going to even reach out to him. I'm just saying that's the co- that's the free agent I'm coveting at this stage in the Canadians rebuild, right? Like, if they were ready to go, it would be a totally different player that I would go after. But they're not ready to go.
1: And that's the thing about it is that it's like we, we never said that he's, like you said, a guaranteed thing here. It's just he's someone we wanted. And uh, speaking of which, uh, guess who was in Boston when Patrice Bergeron was drafted? That would be uh, Jeff Gordon. Uh, so there's a lot of ties there. So you'll have to excuse me for putting a little bit of the puzzle together and thinking they might want to sign Patrice Bergeron. I am sorry that you cannot handle that. I am, and we are vaguely speculating. Please go touch grass. It's not the end of the world that we speculated on something. So, (laughs) Uh, and we have one final question uh, from Randy Hansen. The Marvelous Miss Maisel or Gilmore Girls? He says Maisel every single time. So
0: I haven't watched either. Uh, Nobody yell at me. I am always behind, uh, but uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is very high on my list of things to watch. Another thing that was very high on my list of things to watch was uh, um, The Americans, which admittedly right now is a very strange time to start binging it, but I'm in season two. like as As you know, I had my wisdom teeth removed, so I spent that weekend kind of napping and watching The Americans, and that is a phenomenal show. The acting is amazing. It's just, it's so, so good. It's compelling storyline. So that's what I like. That's what's on my mind right now. But uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is definitely next on my list. I know, uh, Scott, you and Carly watched that, right?
1: Yeah, we, I believe, are just finishing up season two when we last watched it. Uh, Things kind of fell off to the wayside once hockey season started and my nights kind of got occupied by the Montreal Canadiens again. Uh, season four, I believe, is right around the corner, if I'm not mistaken. So we do want to catch up on that. I've really enjoyed it a whole lot. Um, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. So um, I, I have to pick that because I've never watched any of Gilmore Girls. And I know we do have some followers between the two of us who will yell at us about that. But I've been yelled at for less on the Internet. So,
0: <laughs> And you know who we shouldn't. Or, you know, who shouldn't be yelling at us is uh, Kyle Dubas. Because we are providing him with the opportunity to get a player like Ben (laughs) Sherrod, Two goals, one assist. Game winner in overtime. I think I can't. It's definitely, that's the last word, I think, for this episode. Uh, We'll talk to everybody on Monday. Another self-plug. I talked about it earlier this week. I will be on Game Over with Andrew Berkshire on Saturday Night Live after the Edmonton game. Um, And uh, we will be talking about that game. On Monday, we are getting closer and closer to the big name that we said that we were going to get on the podcast. It's really cool. We just we can't confirm it until after we recorded it because I don't want to jinx it. But definitely subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube because you definitely do not want to miss that episode. Um, and in the meantime you can find us on twitter at lo underscore canadians you can email us at lockedoncanadians on at gmail.com uh, you can find scott on twitter at scott Matley. you can find me on twitter at the active stick and once you've done once you're done listening to this episode check out locked on fantasy hockey because you know right now is a time when fantasy hockey is heating up thank you so much for listening we will talk to you next week